Welcome to another episode of Don't Get This Twisted. I am Rob, along with my co-host, Tina. How are you doing, Tina? I'm good, Rob. How are you? Oh, absolutely pleasant. You know what we're <laughs> going to do tonight, Tina? We're going to talk what law are we enforcement. Do tonight? No, say it isn't so. It is so. And we're going to have a guest on. <laughs> it is super awesome. And you're bringing the guest to the forefront today. So guess who gets to introduce him? I do. You do. <laughs> this is my friend, Mike. He's a detective in law enforcement in L.A. Um, hi, Mike. <laughs> hi, Tina. Hi, Rob. Thank you for having hi. me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Thank you for being on. Well, I, I hope uh, I mean, this is my first podcast, so a little nervous, but I know you guys are going to take it easy on me and uh, make this a very pleasurable one to where I would want to do more podcasts. I right. sure hope so. That's right. All right. And hopefully you're OK with us because, <laughs> you know. Now you know what we look like and you're in law enforcement. So, so this is what we're going to do. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I thought what we would do is we'd just talk law enforcement in general, talk about the ups and downs, the things that they local governments may do to handcuff you guys. Uh, We talked a little bit before the show went on the air. We're going to talk a couple of laws that have obviously done some damage to Southern California with what you can steal and get away with and the local DA not wanting to prosecute people, lots of different things like that. Um, I think it's just an important thing to get out to the people of the country, not just Los Angeles, not just California, that what's going on with the people that we have in power and the laws that they're making that are making it hard for you and making it hard for us. Yes, very, very good topics. And um, let me just, uh, a little background. I, uh, I was born in, uh, in another country where law enforcement are corrupt. Uh, we don't have freedoms over there. So I came here at a young age of 10. And uh, I love my country. Uh, the United States of America is the greatest country in the world. And I think people maybe need to travel abroad and, and realize that we have it really good over here because Sometimes you don't know how good you have it until you've seen something that's bad. You know, that, that's the only comparison you can, you can use, I guess. So before I joined law enforcement, I always thought the reason, one of the reasons that this country is great is because we have good law enforcement that are paid well. It's, you can bribe them. I mean, are there bad cops in the United States? Absolutely. But such a small number, the majority are doing really good. And it really, uh, it's very disheartening to see war, the war on law enforcement that we see today because it really hurts the citizens, not so much the police officers. I mean, yeah, the police officers' lives become more in danger, um, uh, at danger and, and at risk, but the bottom line is the citizens of this great country are the ones that are getting harmed and not protected uh, the way they, they should be. Um, so, I, I cherish freedom. I, I, you know, I love being in law enforcement. It is getting a little bit different to where I never thought I would want to retire early or, or say, you know, leave, but it's coming to the point where I want to do that. And a lot of my, my colleagues and partners feel the same way because of 
everything that's happening. And maybe the new breed of law enforcement, they didn't live the good old days where you can actually enforce the law the way it, you know, it, it should have, it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't know any better. And I think it's just generation from, you know, when, when I joined, I remember the old school guys, they say, oh man, back in the day, we could do this, this, this. And now I'm, I'm one of those guys that says back in the day, we could do this. But really in the last few years, we've just seen some rapid, rapid uh, changes that are, are bringing our state down or in our country in general. Yeah, I, I can see um, even the people that I know that are in law enforcement, that they're having tons of issues with the same thing of not wanting to continue to work or retire early or either and maybe even transfer out of the state and become an officer somewhere else. Cause I know that, you know, like Florida, obviously with some of the mandates that were going on, they were welcoming law enforcement from other States in. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Good point to bring up. In fact, I'm looking at losing my job right now because I'm applied with certain mandates uh, as far as the vaccine is concerned. Um, So the, there was a meeting yesterday by uh, the board of supervisors that want to terminate 18,000 employees, uh, 4,000 of which are law enforcement. And I I don't see, I mean, the reason that they want to do it doesn't make any sense because I think, again, it's a free country. You're free to take it, not take it, but you're giving me something or you're trying to force me to take something that that's proven to not work Mm -hmm. because whether you get the vaccine or not, you still get it, you still transmit it, you can still die from it. So if you're doing it solely just to lower the, the symptoms or lower the, the illness, I can take that risk. Just like and that should be else. a personal, that should be a personal decision that everybody gets to make, including law enforcement. Absolutely. And we were on the front lines right when this thing broke out where we didn't have a lot of information on how bad it is. I mean, they were saying it was going to kill millions and but you know what? We signed up for the job. We went out there. We're dealing with homeless population. And guess what? Um, the homeless population didn't get affected by this by this virus so much because nothing in their life really changed. They're mm-hmm. still together. They're still their their immunity was pretty high to begin with. When the virus came, um, I didn't see it affect them in, in really in any way. Uh, they weren't watching the TV, watching all these numbers. I think the anxiety and the 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 quarantine and being locked down, I think it did the opposite of what what the uh, what we're supposed to do. You know, it was it was insane. I remember when I was going through all this, they shut us down because I'm a hairdresser, so they shut us down. And then it was on the news. Completely quit watching TV because of how paranoid every news uh, agency, how they were with this whole thing. I couldn't believe how I was afraid and I'm not normally afraid of things. So for me, that was, that was hard. So I just quit watching TV altogether. It's probably a healthy thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So now speaking of the homeless population, I don't know if you guys have seen it, it's on the rise in California. I, I think you, oh, yeah. you see a lot of uh, homeless pretty much everywhere now. Mm-hmm. And um, 
this is something that law enforcement is dealing with and the Department of Mental Health because a lot of these homeless people are, they're on drugs, okay? Mm-hmm. The problem is not really homelessness so much, it's drug addiction. I mean, there are, again, very few people that are homeless because they just need a home. You right. know, something happened to where they lost their job or I, I remember a guy, a uh, really good guy, doesn't drink, doesn't do drugs. His wife passed, kind of just had a breakdown stopped working, stopped paying his mortgage, ended up living in his car. Now, there are not a lot of guys like that. Mm -hmm. The rest of them are either on hard drugs or they have some mental illness where either was drug-induced or they were born with it. Sometimes we can't tell unless we talk to family members. And that's a big, big issue that we're dealing with in California, especially because we have great weather. A lot of other states are shipping their homeless population to our cities, one-way tickets. Mm-hmm. you know nice and california or at least in in la county we can't send anybody back to say they came from you know colorado right we can't just give them a ticket back we have to make sure that somebody over there is going to be responsible for them <laughs> so they make it really tough for us to uh to clean up our streets to, to even help the people that want to go back to their own state um, because they uh, they won't pay for their ticket unless somebody over there kind of like says, hey, you know what? I'll take care of this person. Right. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, the homeless Proposition population. 47. Mm-hmm. Keep going. I'm sorry, Rob. It's I okay. didn't hear what you Was just I said. breaking up? Okay. Um, you know, you were talking about the homeless population and with me i i where i live it's not as bad but i went to the san fernando valley not too long ago and i i grew up there and i couldn't believe it's horrible here how how bad it is there there's like tent cities in front of movie theaters mm-hmm. it, it's absurd and and it's sad that the the you know again it's sad that what's happening to people and i don't want to you know take away from that part of it but it's sad that we're that the communities are breaking down and have rampant homelessness. Yeah. Just in the last few years, the numbers are skyrocketing and the drug addiction is is getting really high. And a big reason for that was back in 2014. I don't know if you guys remember proposition 47 Uh, proposition 47 passed. uh, And I'm looking at numbers here, 59% to 40%. Uh, voted yes to to pass that proposition. And that really did a big, big turn in, in a lot of crime, including homelessness, uh, because pretty much all drugs became, they went from felony to misdemeanor. So it was just a site, it's a ticket. And all the, uh, the property crimes like uh, shoplifting, forgery, fraud, grand theft, it went from 400 to, for it to be a felony to 950. So now everything became misdemeanors and, and the criminal knew that. So if they were going to go shoplift, they made sure that it was under four, uh, 950, you know, and that's a big number. Um, so the, the drug part really, really messed up a lot of people because people that would never do drugs because they realized I'm going to go, you know, possibly to prison. Um, they were like, why not try it? And once you try some of that stuff, you get hooked and that's mm-hmm. it. You're done. You can't hold on to a job. 
you can't hold on to your family. You can't, you can't be a productive uh, part of society. So it really, really messed people up. And I'm not all for all drug addicts to be with the hardened criminals, like the murderers and the, you know, rapists and, and all these uh, career criminals. But I think we need to find a happy medium. Um, we, we need to address that issue because the Measure H passed, uh, I forgot when it was passed a few years back, but that one brings in about $360 million a year with a half cent tax on LA residents. And it's wonderful, but I think the way it's used, it's more programs that, that have to do with homelessness and not drug addiction. And we need to switch that around a little bit. And uh, mental health. And mental health, but yeah, mental health is, a lot of it is drug induced. A lot of mm -hmm. these guys do drugs and it just fries their brains. You know, um, it's funny, I, I always, um, and I say it as a joke, but there's some seriousness to it. Uh, I say, you know what, since California pretty much made drugs legal, build them a, a city somewhere, you know, give them the drugs they want, give them the counseling in case they want to stop doing drugs and say, you know what, the only way you're going to get out of this little city, which we're going to, it's going to be humanitarian. We're, we're going to give them everything they need from pools to bowling alleys to whatever, make it a little city. You can't get out of that city unless you test clean, but at least we'll have all of them doing what they like in one place, instead of messing up our quality of life. And, you know, now you go to a park and you just find needles everywhere, condoms, you find homeless people that are just out of their mind. Mm -hmm. We've been having a lot of people attacked by homeless, you know, yeah. transients. And it, it's just getting out of control. It's, it's, you can't even leave your kids walking to school or going to the park anymore by themselves. It's our quality of life is deteriorating by the minute. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Uh, Do you see a add insult to injury in 2016? I'm Proposition 57 passed, which made the punishment for a lot of what they now call nonviolent crimes a lot less. So it's like a, it's like a perfect storm, 47, yeah. 57, and war on law enforcement defunding the police, which again, it doesn't, police officers don't make less because of the police getting defunded. It, it takes away from the citizens who need the help when they need it. Response time is higher. Crime, you know, is going up because everybody's getting released, especially now after COVID. I've seen things that I've never seen in my whole career where people that have robbed, uh, you know, with a gun. I mean, violent, violent criminals were getting released under the umbrella of COVID. And that was just right. crazy. Yeah. Do, do you so, see it? Oh, sorry, Tina, go. No, go ahead, Rob. I was just going to ask if you see uh, an uptick in violent crimes, like, cause I know you, you, you obviously go to work, you, you get to sit in front of your, your watch commander and they go over things that are going on. That's going on in the cities that you're in. Is there an uptick in violence or did, are you hearing more of that? Absolutely. Violent crimes and property crimes are, they've increased. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, I know they've the law enforcement uh, heads of law enforcement have been out there trying to scream and, and bring it to the media's attention that homicide has gone 
I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say numbers, but they 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 are significantly up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, property crime is out of control. I don't know if you guys uh, heard of the Cadillac converter. Yeah. Oh yeah, where I live for yeah. sure. Now that's it takes them about. I've seen some videos. Um, it takes. It only takes like two minutes. Under under, yeah. if they have the right tools, mm-hmm. they'll drop off the person. Go under the car. They'll drive around for about a minute. They come back. They put these in, and um, it's why not? I mean, it's worth it to be a criminal. They sell these things for four or five hundred dollars. You know, I mean, honestly, why wouldn't they do it? Mm-hmm. And, and my they, they my brother and dad's time. cars three times in front of my dad's house have they've been taken three times, yeah. and we don't live in a bad area. And, and you know what it is, Tina? A lot of these, a lot of people that think, oh, but it's just, it's nothing. You know, it affects everybody. Insurance goes up because that person now is going to go, him and all these other thousands of people. And guess what the insurance company is going to do to everybody? You know, Raise it raises rates. the premium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for some people that don't see that far ahead, they just, if it doesn't affect me, then you know what? No bother. It's okay. Well, and then to get it fixed, it was $1,500 plus each time they got it done. That's cheap, actually. I've seen it go up to like three thousand dollars. Really? Yeah, yeah. And and it's I'm I'm telling you, um, it's worth it to be a criminal. Mm-hmm. That's that's really the bottom line. Is when a criminal goes out there to commit the crime, they think is it worth it or not? Mm-hmm. And right now, the answer for a lot of them would be, oh, it's definitely worth it. There's right. nothing. That's why nothing is going to happen to me with that with the you know the DA. Um, he's just there basically, if you look up SD20-07, that is a directive that he has to reject a lot of uh, cases for just because he doesn't feel like filing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of victims go, I mean, you talk about justice or no justice. Yeah, I don't understand how they can get away with that. Yeah, it's uh, it's horrible right now. the The district attorney is is needs to be taken out. I mean, they've I I heard the other day that they were talking um trying to get a petition to have him removed because he's he's just not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He doesn't want to try people. He wants to let criminals run free. Yeah, I. I don't understand the uh, the reason for what he's doing other than wanting the crime to go up. <laughs> it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah, none at all. And it um, is. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, property crimes, I, I've heard the same thing. Um, I follow Fontana PD, which is out in my direction. I follow him on Instagram. And if you ever want to follow anyone on Instagram, Follow Fontana PD because they are great about when they arrest people, they put their bug shot on Instagram the day they get them. But I've seen lots of catalytic converters being taken, mostly in this area over here, just out of control. I mean, that's awesome. I, I have a lot of good buddies that work Fontana. It, it's amazing to me. And, and I started following because a friend of mine's uh, son-in-law works there and I just started following and following him and like, Lots of lots of guns. They're finding people, lots of guns. So there's lots of guns out there that are being taken off the streets, thankfully. Um, you know, when I start thinking about 
someone like you, who's obviously in such a bad situation, people don't understand how hard of a job it is to work in law enforcement. All they want to do is follow the media because the media likes to shit on you guys all the time when they don't even want to tell the reality of you, you helping stop crime or keeping crime at a minimum. To me, why is the media always, I mean, obviously the liberal media and the conservative media have different views, but it doesn't even seem like there's a middle ground for you guys. Um, you were cut off, but oh, I'm I think sorry. I got the gist of the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's okay. I, you know, there's a movie back in the day with Robert De Niro called 15 Minutes. I don't know if you guys remember that movie or you've mm. seen it. Mm-mm. And it was basically about what the media would do to get a story, you know. And I think they like, I mean, it's, it's all about numbers. They, they want viewership and when they make us look bad or, or they start these um, false narratives, they, mm-hmm. they get more ratings, you know, right. and it's unfortunate. It's all about the money for them. And the more people are divided, the more their ratings are skyrocketing. So when it's peaceful, it's, it's like, what's there to report? So they, they almost have to, to make up things that are just not true or, or I'll, I'll take it to where, they will show things that are true, but they don't tell you the whole story. They show mm-hmm. you a very, very small piece. And to me, that is might as well just lie. Because when, when you say an officer killed an unarmed man that was going to buy milk for his kids, it sounds horrible, right? And, and that could be true. That, that is part of the story. That is what happened. But when you now further explain that this guy that was unarmed was wearing clothing that matched the description of another guy that had just robbed the bank and shot somebody in the head. And the police officer was detaining him in the same area uh, that was within proximity of that other, you know, crime. But the person that was buying the milk for his kid decided not to comply with any orders given and reached for his phone to record. And that police officer has a split second to decide, is that a phone or a gun? thinking that is the guy that just robbed the bank and shot somebody in the head and shoots him. It puts the story in perspective, you know, and, and that's what the media does is they love just focusing on, Oh, they shot this poor guy that was just had a, you know, one month old baby and he was just buying milk and the police shot him for no reason. Can you guys hear me? No, I can hear you, but not Tina. Um, it's there. We go. It seems like the media does that quite often. They they'll only tell part of the story. They don't tell the whole story, and it it's slanted. It's a slanted version. It's not just the news. It's an opinion of what the news actually is, or a partial story of what it is, and that's that's happening more and more. So we don't really ever get the right answers or the yeah. real answers. And and. You guys remember the Mike Brown incident? Mike Brown. I don't. I'm. Mm-hmm. I don't follow any of this stuff. So you'd have to say what the situation was for me to know. Okay. So uh, Mike Brown was. Um, that started. Have you heard of the term "hands up, don't shoot"? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was back you know east somewhere. That? Yeah. So 
Michael Brown, the, the story came out by the media uh, in Ferguson is that he basically was stopped by this police officer and he had his hands up and the officer just shot him like execution style, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the story that went around and it started the, you know, it really uh, accelerated the BLM movement and, and all this hands up, don't shoot, which they were taunting police officers with. But when the investigation was done and eyewitnesses that were there that from the community um, said what happened, it was nothing that this, this suspect actually went for the police officer's gun and fired a few rounds in his, in his patrol car. And the police officer was able to, to get a hold of it and shoot him and, you know, save his life. But guess what? That officer's life was destroyed forever. Mm-hmm. The actual story, nobody really knows because what is that saying where, uh, you know, by the time truth puts its pants on, a lie has already gone around the world, something similar to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and, and, the, and the truth never, never makes it because the media doesn't care. They would correct it maybe once. Oh, you know what? I guess guy that, that what we said 15 million times, that wasn't true. This was actually the truth, but we'll say that one time. And they won't say it on the front page either. No, no. And uh, it creates, I think the majority of people are good and the majority of people support law enforcement, but it's the minority obnoxious ones that make the, the loud, you know, they, they're the ones that are loud. They're the ones that we hear from unfortunately and that's why you know what i mean i thank you guys for for giving me the opportunity to explain our part of it because not a lot of people do that you know the media doesn't do that for sure and what we need is more good people like you guys to have somebody on to show the the other side and and i don't even mind having a gangster be with us you know maybe i want to see i want to see his side too and i and i try to see it from their side mm-hmm. you know so because we're not always right but I think our intention and our goal is to keep the community safe and go out there and do what's good. Um, I don't think any police officers puts on that badge and, and wears that badge and says, you know, let me see who I'm going to go kill today right. for just no reason. That's the last thing any police officer Well, and it seems to me like as, as I was growing up, any man, it was normally men that wanted to be police officers. They didn't do it to arrest people or to carry a gun. It was to make a difference, to keep people safe, to, to make sure that, that it was a pleasant place to be. It, I never heard kids say, yeah, because I get to shoot people. It, it wasn't, that's not why yeah. I heard anybody <laughs> as a kid become a police officer. You know what hopefully, I mean? If you said that, <laughs> yeah. hopefully, you know, you got uh, screened in the psych part. But, yeah, I, I don't think any anybody really puts on that bad. Again, no, I'm not naive to think that there aren't corrupt police officers that do things that they're not supposed to, and they should be behind bars. I'm all for that, you know, but don't crucify and start a war on the majority of law enforcement that are doing good out there. Because again, it only hurts the good. You know who really supports a war on law enforcement? The criminals. <laughs> so. Hold, a, hold law enforcement account, accountable. I'm all for that. Absolutely. Right. Everybody should be held. That's what, again, checks and balances. That's wonderful. As police officers, we're always policed, you mm-hmm. know, but more so than criminals are. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to think, you know, most, okay. 
reaction is always going to be slower than the action. Right. Okay. So we're always reacting. And um, people don't understand that it's a split second decision that we have to take and we have to make to take that action that we're about to take. And that's also your job to make that split decision. You were given that responsibility. Yes. And we train for it and we, we do our best to make it the right decision, but to Monday night quarterback, everything and and pause and play and pause and play. That's not how it happens. There's, there's a good video on YouTube where, this active, you know, I guess a police officer was, was shot somebody and he was running around saying we want his badge, we want his gun. So Copa County Sheriff's um, invited him for to be an honorary deputy for the day and he pretty much shot everybody. And they're like, <laughs> why'd you shoot this guy? He's like, oh, he went in my zone. Oh, really? I mean, he didn't have the training, but still, just the fact that somebody was being in a group shooting everybody. Um, there was something else I wanted to say, but it'll come back to me. <laughs> I, I actually uh, saw that video and you're, you're right. He, they set him up in, in mock oh, scenarios he, with a firearm and they said, make your decision. And he shot every single one of them because under those circumstances, you know, look, you guys have a hard job. And like you said, no, nobody joins the police to want to go out and kill people. That is absurd. And everyone, and unfortunately, I, I know people who've killed people in either combat situations or police situations. None of them are okay afterwards. None of them. Right. You, you carry that, that you've taken a human life with you. And you make a split decision to protect your own life or protect the lives of other people in the field. So if someone gets out of a car with a gun there's there could be multiple people around there and you have to make the decision to save yourself and the community around you with someone who gets out of a car with a gun so it's not easy and and i i feel for you guys that that you have to make decisions like that because it's not easy and it's got it seems like it's gotten worse because i was looking up statistics and it said in january of 2020 that uh Police and law enforcement law enforcement officers were shot in the month of January up to 67 percent more in 2022 than in the previous year. Six, if 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 they're being shot at or they're being killed 67 percent more then yeah, maybe their reaction is going to be a little bit harsher than it's ever been. I mean, doesn't it seem to. To make sense that that would be the case if if people are aggressive and not having respect for the the law enforcement and they're getting aggressive and they're doing things that make them think that they're in danger. Why, why wouldn't they shoot? Well, it's actually a, you bring up a very good point and it's, it's the other way around. It's a vicious cycle of now the officers are becoming more hesitant to take action because of right everything else that comes with it. So instead of just doing their job, now they have to think about the repercussions. What are the repercussions? Of, yeah. Am I going to be on the news now as the guy, the bad guy? Am I going to, you know, am I doing the right thing? And in all of this, trust me, it happens in a flash. I've been in, in situations where it happens so fast. You're looking at your backdrop. You're making sure you don't want to hurt somebody else. It's really bad, you know? And I think a lot, I mean, we've lost a lot of officers this past year 
Mm-hmm. I was at a funeral um, for Officer uh, Wilbert Mora of the NYPD mm-hmm. uh, last week, and and it's very sad. Uh, we're, we're losing more officers, I think, because of hesitation, and the criminals are are, are emboldened. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're doing things that they would have never done before, but they feel like, and it's not it's not the truth. Society is not on their side, but the media makes it seem like they are, right? Or they're backing them up. You know, so. Why not? I mean, uh, there's just uh, I think there's a proposal right now, or they already passed it. Thirty million dollars for for uh, meth pipes, crack pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to pass them out for free. Mm-hmm. So I, I saw. That wait, this wait. Morning. They're gonna what? <laughs> they're passing <laughs> out meth pipes for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the Biden administration wants to pass that. What's the point of that? Uh. Probably has to do with COVID, so they don't share. Oh my gosh! Yeah, awesome. That's insane. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, let's get you high for free. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, honestly, it's almost satire. But it, it's if it wasn't affecting everybody's life, it would be funny. But it's not. You mm-hmm. know. Um, I, my... I hadn't even heard that. That's crazy. Yeah, I heard it this morning. <laughs> So years ago, I used to read a author named Joseph Wambaugh who wrote tons and tons of really good police officer books. Um, he had one called The New Centurions that was about kind of how cops were here and there. But his first book, he, it was in during the, the Watts, uh, Watts riots. But the very beginning of this book was them training during, you know, when you become an officer and it was like three officers trying to cuff one person. And it, and the guy goes, I don't want you to fight anyone. All I want you to do is resist. And they had this hell of a time, you know, handcuffing somebody. And I'm a pretty big dude. I'm six foot. I weigh about 255. And I'm sure that I would probably not be a fun person to try to handcuff. What do you think is the biggest misconception that the regular people have about police officers and trying to, tackle somebody or stop somebody or handcuff somebody because you know i see people getting knees dropped in their back and they freak out like why do they have to do that what is the reality of that yeah (laughs) okay that's you know what i think that's what i was i was going to talk about and you thank you for bringing it up remember i said i forgot there was something i wanted to say and i forgot what it was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when people again you hear Hey, the guy was saying I can't breathe, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the, the police officers were on him still. Well, guess what? Every criminal says I can't breathe, right? Because that is a tactic that they use to try to escape or try to run away. So when you do this day in and day out, you hear the same things from the criminals. And it's almost like, wait, if, if you can talk, you can breathe, you know? Um, and I'm not talking about a, a certain, I mean, obviously the George Floyd thing was excessive. Uh, their policies were changed, but these, these criminals that I've had run from me or do, they, they will say things and people will believe what, what they're saying because they're not exposed to, to that criminal mindset, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. of, um, of, of saying certain things that a normal person will believe. Like, wait a minute, this guy was saying he, he couldn't do this, or I can't get up, or I can't do certain things. If you do it enough, you'll learn that 
they're not telling the truth and they're just using this to either escape or prolong whatever it is, or they have something else in mind. They could be sitting on a gun, you know, in a car okay. and you tell them, Hey, step out of the car. No, I'm not going to stay. You know, you're violating my rights. And, and again, it seems, it seems like they're not saying anything wrong. They don't want to get out of the car, but once you've done it so many times, you, you start knowing their tricks and why they're doing certain things and maybe the officer is telling to get a car because he smells alcohol you can't you can't see that on the video you know so the officer has a reason he doesn't have to explain the reason while he's doing whatever he's doing but if he has a legal or she has a legal standing the officer is going to do what he's supposed to do now there's nobody back like narrating what's going on so what what the public sees is why was he telling him to get out of the car he, he had no reason yeah that guy was right you know but no, he, he was drinking, and then once he pulled him out, there was a gun that was loaded, and he's a felon, and when he ran the vehicle, all that stuff came back. So all that stuff is never is never told, and, uh, you know, I, I, I feel for the public. They don't see the whole picture, and I, and I see why they can be upset. Some of them, even the reasonable ones, they start questioning, why, why did this happen, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would like your job because the decisions you have to make are especially now um, and we don't know what's going on we don't have the whole story and now you have to wear cams on your clothing so that there's I don't know I think in a way it it makes it harder for you guys because you're always going to be judged by every little thing you did and now you just give them the opportunity to see it too, because now you have a cam on your clothes. You know, you can't do your job. Listen, I, I believe we put you in this position to have a job like that because you could do what most people can't. And now we're going to question you. I think we have to take a step back and say, you know what, are these people are not the people that are, that we're against, that are the enemy. It's the people that are doing crime in the street that we need to start looking at. Instead of everybody being a victim, and the police being wrong, people need to be accountable. And, and I think we've lost that accountability. We definitely have. And um, I am more frustrated as a citizen than I am as a cop. Really? <laughs> yes. Because, uh, you know, once I take off my, uh, my Superman uniform, I'm a citizen <laughs> too, you know, and I'm dealing with that stuff. And I'm dealing with the, with the obnoxious, you know, craziness. And my kids and, and, you know, all the good people that I see around. Um, maybe I'm not as afraid because it's, you know, it's second nature to us to, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're, we're human. We, we're scared in certain circumstances. But again, just doing it day in and day out, you deal with people and you learn how to deal with them. Mm-hmm. But I feel bad for the law-abiding citizen that is just going to the store and, some person comes out of nowhere and, you know, branches a knife or, or a gun or, or something. And I mean, these, these people, they're traumatized for life. Mm-hmm. I've seen young kids now um, that are, you know, they have their cell phone stolen from them or uh, they're beaten for their bag or what have you. And I talk to these young, young men and women and it's going to take a long time for them to be normal again, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of people are getting affected. The media doesn't show any of this. Right. 
And there's people that are, that are going around after elderly people and, and beating them up and robbing them and then taking off. That seems to be going on a lot more these days, too. So they're picking on people that can't fight back or that aren't going to fight back. Yeah, they know how to choose their victims, whether they're elderly or youngsters or, or even people that are just oblivious to everything that's going on, uh, having their headphones, iPods. Uh, they're they're buried in their phone. They are mm-hmm. not aware of their surroundings, and they're perfect victims. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Yeah, I just read something. Um, I get Conceal and Carry magazine, and uh, they they interviewed 144 inmates that are still in jail that were just in for robbery. That's it. And they this guy gave them a questionnaire and kind of ask certain questions to kind of put data together. And you're right. Um, headphones. That was one of them. Hands in pockets. Um, you know, not knowing your surroundings, they, they pick victims and they know how to do it. And, you know, if you're one of the ones was, you know, if they thought they could get away with it, um, men and women, I was surprised was very close. People who are violent criminals do not care if it's a man or a woman. They don't even care if you have a gun, they're going to try it anyway. Basically it's, you know, bad people are going to do bad things. So that's just who they are. I, I came from the alarm side. Um, I put alarms in people's houses. And I always told people that cameras and alarms keep good people from doing bad things. Bad people will come up to your door, kick your door in, steal all your shit and shoot you. They don't care. So mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things, too, where it's a balancing act. You, you have to know your surroundings while you're out there so you, you don't become a victim or hope that you don't. That's true. Absolutely. Wait, um, Mm -hmm. repeat that one more time, Rob. You said cameras and alarms keep people from... So so I I think alarms and cameras, they keep good people from doing bad things. So if you walk up and you see an alarm sign, you might not rob that house, or you see cameras and you might change your mind. Bad people will come up to your door, kick it in, steal all your shit and shoot you. Like they don't care. Bad people are just going to do it. They've already decided that they're shitty people and they're going to commit a crime. You know, some people who might be like young people that might walk up and go, man, that house has a lot of cameras. Uh, maybe I won't do it. And they'll change their mind. Like I said, bad people are bad people. We, we have to try to fix the bad people. And, and I think with society, we need to start young and try to teach people better. Uh, we did a show on, on uh, fatherless homes and the statistics for, for shit that happens to people that don't have a father in their house is out of control. The, the statistics of going to prison and being a drug addict or committing suicide, all these things are very huge. So I think we need to fix that. So your job becomes easier, you know, raise better kids, have people in their lives, teach them to be better humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does start at home. And also to respect authority. I think we've lost that completely. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> that I've been experienced. I mean, I've been out of the field for a while because of um, my, uh, my unit of assignment. But when I am out and I have to deal a little bit with the uh, with suspects, yeah, the young ones are just out of control. Mm-hmm. Completely out of control. It's, uh, you know, the... This, the young snakes, 
they're they're more dangerous than the older snakes, right? Mm-hmm. Because when they bite, they can control their venom. They release all of it. You know, they don't have experience in biting. Right. And I think that's what's happening too. And with our youth that are just misguided. And, and I feel a lot of sympathy for them. You know, even the ones that are doing the crime because they've, they've come from a, a rough, you know, place in life. Uh, and I wish we did have more programs where there's mentorship and there's guidance. And some of them hate us just because they, they were taught to hate us. They don't know why. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. they, they're just told if somebody's wearing a badge and a gun, they're not, you're to disobey and, and you know, be disrespectful to them. Mm-hmm. It's like they're out for you. The cops are out for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I, you know what? I do my best to talk to people out there, you know, even if they don't like me, I, I make that effort to uh, get to, you know, open, open a conversation, you know, start a dialogue, let them see the human part that, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm a person too. I have a family. I have kids. I, you know, I like to eat ice cream. I mean, <laughs> they, they don't see that part. They just see us as, Oh, we're here to enforce, mm-hmm. which is not true. And control. Control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's how they see it though. Well, oh, we're being controlled. We're being kept down. No, you're being an asshole. And you need to be taken care of like you're being an asshole, period. Right. I'm kind of glad you said something like that because I'll go back to Fontana PD. Since I do follow them, you know, they they have either once a month or every other month, they had one um, um, breakfast with the police officers. They had it at Dunkin' Donuts where you could come and there was like two or three officers there. They had a car. You could come meet them, have donuts with them. They did one out here where um, you could bring your kids to the park and they had a SWAT team van. I think humanizing police is going to help the community. You have to understand that you're, you're just another person with a really, really hard job trying to stop people or trying to enforce this law to keep safety. Um, I don't know what they do in LA County because obviously I don't live there anymore, but um, I think you're right. That is something that's big. Let I, I would like to know more about you so I can understand what you do for a living. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we do the coffee, uh, coffee with a cop. Mm-hmm. I don't have donuts in uniform because I'm yes. too fat for that. So last thing <laughs> I want is a picture of me with a donut in my mouth. Right. But yeah, but I do, I do like these um, events where the public and the police officers, you know, uh, interact the unfortunate part, it's the people that like to support law enforcement are the ones that show up, not the ones mm-hmm. that don't. And right. I want it to be the other way around. I want it to be the ones that hate us and can't stand us mm-hmm. to come because then then we can you have, can have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love that, you know. Yeah, because it could be civil, you know, where, where you can understand or, or tell me what's going on in your community so I can relay that back to people that are in a higher position. So maybe we can help your community more. Yeah. You know, when I, when I arrest people, um, or when I used to arrest people back in the day, patrol time on the drive to, to the jail, I would always try to have a good conversation with them that lets them know like, Hey, you know what? You messed up. It landed you in my backseat, but we all make mistakes and you live in the greatest country in the world. 
a lot of people would give anything to come and live in this great country. Okay, you're already here. So you're already a whole, I mean, I know people that will pay half a million dollars to come over here and start from zero, right? I go, you're ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. You're already here. Take advantage of that. You don't want to live that life of, you know, tagging and, and robbing and, and hanging out with the wrong crowd. Create something. Take the take the opportunity that is given to you and make something out of you and go to the beach and go, you know, enjoy life. A lot of these kids, they they just they were raised in that environment where that's all they know, you know. Mm-hmm. And and really a lot of I think it's really sad. A lot of us in America, we don't realize how good we have. We I've have heard that from several people that if we all went somewhere else and saw how they live, we would have more appreciation for where we come from. There is a very good reason why people want to come here from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm all for, you know, you should be proud of where you're at and make it better over there too. But people hear about the American dream and it's not just a cliche. It's, this is really, once you've lived in another country, you come here, you understand. And, and we have the best law enforcement in the world. I mean, I haven't seen uh, Europe's or, you know, uh, the UK, but I know from living in, in Egypt, uh, law enforcement over there is corrupt. I've been, I've had contact with uh, law enforcement in Mexico. And they're corrupt. <laughs> just as bad. Yeah. So, and the reason law enforcement is corrupt over there is because they're not, they're not paid well. They're not, they, they don't go through the, the background that, you know, law enforcement in the United States goes through. Uh, the compensation, like I said, is not the same. So it's easy for the, the cartel and, and the bad guy to, to own the, the law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And I, I pray that we don't get to that here because we're really, I mean, we're losing a lot of good law enforcement personnel that have the experience that are just ready to leave because of the the, the war that's being waged uh, on, on law enforcement in general. It makes sense though. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want your job right now. Yeah. And a lot of people don't, honestly, a lot of people, uh, and I, I, again, just like I was saying earlier, it's worth it for the criminal. A lot of the new people that are coming on, God bless them. I mean, they still have a, a whole career ahead of them and they have to deal with much worse things than I'm going to be dealing with. Uh, I don't know why they would do it. Uh, you, know, it's, it's, I'm, you do it for mm-hmm. the love. You do it for the love. You do it for the love of country. You do it for the love of your community. It's, it's got to be, it's like a calling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's definitely not, not because of the money, because a lot of, there's a lot of other ways to make money and you can make a lot more money than being a police officer, you know? Absolutely. So I, I pray for, for these new guys and I pray for our country because I, I want to see our country prosper and, and be better. And uh, the way, the way we're headed right now is just, we need, we need a, a little bit of a, correction a lot of correction even a little bit would make a difference you know a little bit of correction on the long run would make make a huge difference a lot of correction would be nice don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. 
steps in the right direction. We got we got to take, you know, sometimes baby steps are better than no steps at all. <laughs> um, I, I got to give yeah. you a lot of praise. Yeah. I, I thank you for uh, being a you know, police officer in this country right now because it's it's very difficult and and truly i from the standpoint i i'm very much a patriot i think this is the greatest country in the world and for someone who came from another country that that understands that the american dream isn't a fallacy that it is real it means a lot i like to hear that from people who come from other countries because all you hear about this country is it's racist it's racist it's racist but all these people are still coming here it that you have the opportunity i love to hear that you say things like that it, it's it's a good thing and more people need to hear it <laughs> you know it's an honor and a blessing to serve in this country and uh this is my country and i i felt i mean i came when i was younger but you talk about racism uh i was more oppressed in my country than i would i would ever been here you know i mean here did i face certain things Absolutely. You know, but they're nothing. They're nothing. There were individuals that made decisions to be idiots, you know, but as a whole, this country has given me everything I have. And um, it's my mother country. This is my loyalty is to the United States of America, not to any other country. Well, maybe we should, we should, we should leave it on that for now. I think. Yeah. Thank you so much for, coming on and doing this. I, I didn't know how this was going to be. I'm glad that we did it and we got to talk and it, I I'm, I'm grateful that you are in law enforcement and you're one of the good guys. Tina, Rob, thank you guys for having me and uh, look forward to maybe seeing you guys again. I would love to have you on as our police, uh, you know, uh, the person we can always go to when it comes to police things, mostly when, if there's something that happens in the media, I'd like to talk to somebody directly in law enforcement to kind of get their own, uh, their own view on that. Uh, Tina, absolutely. Yeah. Why don't you give Thank him you the, uh, the give him the rub down real quick and then uh, we'll talk to him off the air. So give him the, give him the stuff. All right, guys, as always, uh, please subscribe and follow us. Uh, you could reach us so many different ways. I was looking on our, our statistics. And I could not believe all the different ways that I didn't even know that uh, you could listen to us. Let me see. You could listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Chrome, Amazon Music, Alexa. We even have Ghana, which is from India and Safari, uh, Overcast, CastBox, Facebook, Chromecast, Firefox, Roku, and iTunes. Um I also want to say we're in a lot of countries now. We're in Ireland, Canada, UK, India, Colombia, Australia, Germany, Russia, Italy, France, Romania, South Africa, and Turkey, along with the U.S. Um, thank all of you guys for listening to us, and please follow, share, and uh, we'll keep doing what we're doing. Correct, and like you wanted to say before, we are worldwide. We are worldwide now. That's right, and... As you know, this is an opinion show, so don't get it twisted. If you're upset, keep listening. We love you anyway. And if you love the show, subscribe <laughs> and share. For my co-host, Tina, and for Officer Mike. And I just thought one uh, last thing that you reminded me again. That's, I was supposed to say this in the beginning, but obviously everything I said is my opinion doesn't reflect any anything from my department or you know where I work. So 
just as a citizen. I mean, yes, as a police officer, but it, this is my own opinion. Correct. Amen. And, and just like us, you know, I'm sure people will be upset, but that's part of this. This is us become, coming together, having a little discourse. So again, don't get it twisted. It's just an opinion show. We'll see you next Wednesday. And again, thanks for everybody coming on and listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.